This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the preview show brought to you by the Known and Ever podcast in association with the TalkSport Fan Network. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, and joining me this week are Analysis Show team member Tom Whitaker and, of course, our resident statistician, Dave Statman-Roberts, who is going to be joining us via the telephone link from our, uh, our preview show studio. Listeners, it is the week before Christmas. It is Thursday, the 22nd of December, as we record this podcast. Um, we have just come away from Old Trafford in the Carling Cup midweek. Unfortunately, it is an exit for the Michael Clarets, who gave a good show, I thought, against Manchester United, but unfortunately were beaten and eliminated from a cup. Never mind, we'll win the FA Cup instead. So I've got Tom with me, who we're going to have a quick look over that. And then Dave is going to preview a much more comfortable affair, which will, of course, be our home visit to uh, from Birmingham this weekend, which is no longer a Boxing Day fixture. It is now on Sky on the 27th. So let's keep this short, festive, and just right in the mood. Thomas. Oh, actually, before we move on, young Thomas. Are you Thomas? Were you a Tom? Uh, yeah, Thomas, when I'm in trouble, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm going to remember that. I wonder, can we can we have a trouble name for George Poole? Because he's always in trouble. You're never in trouble, so I don't know if we need to do that. I'm just going to read my script now, see what Dave... Did we do a quiz question for the last preview show? Listeners, we did indeed. Of course we did. Before our last preview show, Dave set you the following quiz question. I hope you all submitted an answer. It was, of course, can you name the last four clubs to beat Burnley in a championship match at Turf Moor? Ooh. Tom, did you get any of these? Me and uh, me and the, the other members of the team did debate this after we'd recorded, and I think we had these four correct, but okay. we didn't write it down anymore, anyway, so you'll have to take my word for that. Oh, okay, you think you got it right. Did you get Preston North End? Yeah, we were talking about the uh, frustrating Wilkins yes. that went under Tom Heaton. Yeah, it was, and that was the match that they built up with the Keane brothers, and then that Came back to battle spectacularly. Did you get Reading? Reading. I remember Tendai Dariqua scored. That's, that's what sticks out that's about that game. very good. Did you get Watford? 
didn't get Watford, no. Ah, well, that's, do you know why? Because that's an incorrect answer. I was just asking uh, there. <laughs> did you get Middlesbrough? Middlesbrough, Of course yeah. you did. Yeah, that's the one. And can you remember now thinking about it who the fourth one was? So the one, I think it's, I think it's the Leicester game where. Well done. Yes. You're too good for this show, Tom Whitaker. You are too good. Well, our quiz star of this week was David Entwistle on Twitter, who got all four right, as well as, between them, a collective effort team, known and ever. Well, listeners, as ever, you know you don't need to wait very long for another quiz question. You just need to hang around till the end of the show. So please do stay where you are, and we will give you another quiz question right after we've done this week's preview show. OK, let's start at Old Trafford, Tom. Starts to be out of a cup. Mixed feelings over the performance of the game, depending on which fan you talk to. But a blooming good showing from the Clarets, in my opinion. Give me your analysis of how you felt last night when. Yeah, I think it was quite interesting uh, coming off the game. There was quite a lot of mixed feelings. Some people felt that we we didn't really give a great account of ourselves. Others felt that, you know, on a different day, we, we could have got something. And I think probably it depends on which way you look at it. I think up on, for the first hour or so, we were second best. That's not a... A criticism, I think United stifled us quite well. I think they yeah, did they did to, to play our normal game, missing um Muric and Rodriguez. I think quite a lot in that regard. I think the, the backups that we've got in those positions don't offer what the, the first choice do. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think you noticed that, especially with Peacock Farrell's passing range. But then after we were 2 0 down, we we created some really good opportunities. We should have scored at least one. Chilling off with a bad miss, Barnes with a couple of bad misses. And I think if we'd have got one of those and we'd had a bit of a grandstand finish, there would have been a bit, a lot of good feeling about it. Yeah. As it was, yeah, it depends which which way you look at it, really. It's like we were pretty much out of the game after an hour, but then we did rally well. I think in the end, we actually had more shots than many eyes. So that, that tells you a little bit of something. We kept going, we kept plugging away, we were creating. Just uh, didn't have that finishing touch, but, you know, it's, it was hardly a disgraceful performance. Thought we, we, we coped well, we, we, we fought bravely. At the end of the day, you know, money out of the way, it's, it's always going to be a difficult cup tie. And, you know, we, we just weren't quite up to it on this occasion. Yeah, I think that's a really good summary from where I was looking at it. I think I was really pleased with the performance and I was pleased to see us having a go and really sticking true to what we you say. There's a lot about you nearly know, promoter size, don't they? About staying true to what your um, style is and what your ethos is that you're trying to, to bring to the club. And I think we very much did that, even though at times it did leave us horribly exposed. Um, I think I, I agree with it with the lack of depth in certain positions. I just, I think for me, I don't know whether or not it gave me a bit of a stark reminder that I really don't want to get promoted because the Premier really, the Premier League, sorry, is really hard. Um, but I think, I think Mr. Bromley made a good point last night, which I agreed with in saying it's like you can't really judge yourself even by Premier League standards with one of the top six sides. You either, you know, we're never going to do well against them, but this side is probably not going to be anywhere near relegation either. And I think I probably agree with that. Um, I still think if we do get promoted this year, which it looks very much like we will, that we're going to give a good account of ourselves. Or did you come away from that thinking we might be a bit of a yo-yo again for a while? How did you feel, Tom? It's, I think it's quite difficult to, to draw too many conclusions from it. Um, a, because, uh, you know, if we do go up, that'll be one of the hardest games we've faced all season. Um, you know, just because we were stifled a little bit by Man United at Old Trafford doesn't necessarily mean that we will be by, you know, Brentford or Crystal Palace or someone like that. So, yeah. from that point of view, I think it's you, you don't want to take too much from it. And the fact, like I said, that we were missing two sort of, two, 
uh, I would say players, <clears throat> not necessarily key players, but players whose style fits our system a lot better than their yeah. players. Um, you know, Barnes can't do what what Rodriguez can do. And I think you really notice with Peacock Farrell, he, uh, his range of passing is more limited. Yeah. And he's, I thought he, he he played well. Um, it's not a criticism of him, but it's just what his skill set is. And Neurich is really some good, good at... good saves. Yeah, he made some really good saves. The one in the first half of Martial. Mm, yeah. He didn't have much chance with the goals. But the... Um, I think it was really noticeable in the first half, especially that we, we were sort of hemmed in our own penalty area yeah. for quite a long period of that. And Neurich is really good at just clipping a ball over that first press, finding the full-backs, finding a holding midfielder. And I don't think Peacock Farrell's quite got that, <clears throat> excuse me, in his armoury. Maybe it was something that he'll learn. Um, yeah, I agree. But uh, I think that did limit us a little bit. So, yeah, I think, you know, we, we look a different team with, with Neurich and Rodriguez playing and against a weaker team. And I think uh, it's good that, he, 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 I think for a, a team, when you see teams that aren't very good at playing possession football out from the back, that it, you know, it can be really painful to watch. But I think we are good at it, and so I think so too. That's what we've, yeah, and we've we've built a squad and a team to play that way, so it, it makes sense to stick with it. So from that yeah, point, it came out okay, really. Do you think it's probably fair to say that the FA Cup tie, the Bournemouth game, is probably going to be a more realistic test as to how close we are to being Premier League ready? I think that's probably more realistic, right? Yeah, I think you're definitely right there. Um, especially with Man United taking the cup, the League Cup probably a little bit more seriously than we expected. There was a few yeah. players. It was only a couple of weeks ago, you know, Rashford, Fernandes, Casemiro, these players were playing in a World Cup quarterfinal. Now, Bournemouth, their focus is going to be on survival rather than the cup competitions. They haven't got a realistic chance of winning any of them. So they'll probably play a weakened team. And uh, just as I said before, you know, um, Old Trafford's going to be one of the most difficult games next season, whereas uh, if Bournemouth do stay up and we're going there next season, it's not. So, um, yeah, I think that, it, and I think it will be really interesting to see how we get on in that one as well. Um, you probably, depending on how strong the team we pick is, you, you probably give us a good chance there as well. So, yeah, that'll yeah. be very interesting to, to see. Good, excellent. Right. So, not, not too disappointed then, Tom. We'll be happy to, to move on to back to the league. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think we'll, we'll be coming out of that with a with, uh, big knock to our confidence or anything like that. We didn't get any new injury concerns. I think Benson was just a bit crampy. He'll be fine. So, yeah, park it, move on. It was a good day out, enjoyable day out. Some of the players who've never got the chance to play at Old Trafford did. And, uh, and now we move on back onto the league and focus on making sure we're playing there again next season. Right, let's move on, listeners, because we're going to get back to our comfort zone this season, which is, of course, the championship. And it is Birmingham City at home. No longer on Boxing Day, as I mentioned at the top of the show. It's now been moved for Sky on Tuesday, 27th of December. It's an 8pm kickoff live on TV. We are going to head straight over to Statman Dave in the preview show studio, and he's going to give us championship head-to-head. Prior to the reverse fixture at St Andrews back in October, we gave you a rundown of our previous away second-tier matches. So it's only right for the second half of the season that we complete the loop and run down the second-tier matches we haven't covered yet, and tell you about the 19 previous matches at this level which have taken place at Turf Moor. Burnley were unbeaten in eight home league games in the second division prior to World War II, and in fact all eight took place prior to the First World War. Our opponents went under the name of Small Heath for the first three matches on our list. 
all of which ended as Burnley home wins. In February 1898, Burnley managed a convincing 4-1 win, and that was followed by a 1-0 victory in April 1901, and a 2-1 win in September 1902. The next time our visitors arrived at Turf Moor, they had rebranded as Birmingham, without the city in their name just yet, and they managed a 1-1 draw in January 1909, as John Morley found a late equaliser for the Greens. That was Burnley, by the way, as we hadn't yet adopted our claret and blue colours. In September 1909, goals from Arthur Ogden and Walter Abbott helped Burnley to a 2-0 win. <clears throat> and by the time we reached our next match on our list, in September 1910, Burnley had morphed into the clarets in terms of our new colours. But we had to be content with a 2-2 draw. In December 1911, the teams played out a 1-1 draw, and Burnley Church chalked up another win in February 1913 by a 3-0 scoreline, with two of the goals coming from Bert Freeman. We then jump ahead to the first season of league football after the Second World War, and Burnley were 1-0 victors over Birmingham City in January 1947, and it was future Burnley manager Harry Potts who scored the only goal in the 80th minute. However, since that 1-0 win against Birmingham City at Turf Moor in the promotion season of 1946-47, Burnley have played a further 10 home games against the Blues at this level, and we've only won one of them. That match was early in the 2013-14 promotion season, and we'll be keeping that back for our memory match feature. But we'd better run through those remaining second-tier home results for you. Bob Latchford scored in the second half to cancel out a first-half penalty from Frank Casper, and earned the visitors a 1-1 draw in October 1971. And then in April 1980, the match was featured on ITV, but finished as a nil-nil draw, with Burnley's Malcolm Smith being sent off just before half-time. The remaining eight games have all been since the year 2000. In April 2001, there was another goalless draw, but the Blues came out on top in the next two, winning 1-0 in February 2002 through Tommy Mooney, and 2-1 in November 2006, when the visitors struck back with goals from Nicholas Bentner, and DJ Campbell after Chris McCann had given Burnley the lead. In October 2008, Birmingham City came to Turf Moor as the championship leaders, but could only manage a 1-1 draw when Cameron Jerome's second-half tap-in cancelled out Chris McCann's first-half header. Burnley then suffered back-to-back -back defeats, losing 3-1 in April 2012 and 2-1 in January 2013, a match which also saw a red card for Burnley's Dean Marnie. Then, in our last two championship promotion seasons, we won the game in 2013-14 before sharing the spoils with a 2-2 draw in August 2015. Overall, Burnley have won seven, drawn eight and lost four of our previous 19 second-tier home games against Birmingham City. But with an indifferent home record in more recent decades and the tough game we had in the reverse fixture earlier in the season, this match might prove to be a tricky one. Okay, well, we normally, after this feature, bring you the played for both section. But we've passed the halfway point of the season now, so we've already played every other team in the Championship at least once. This does mean that we've already brought you the played for both feature for all of our 23 opponents. We don't want to be repeating that, listeners. You've already heard it. So for the second half of the season, we've got a replacement feature. 
which may or may not die on its backside. We'll see. Depends on the level of help we can get, especially from opposition fans. So our new feature is called Celebrity Opposition Fans, in which we try to discover our next opponent's most noteworthy famous supporters. Tom, can you kick us off with any Celebrity Birmingham players? The only ones I know will have the footballers. So um, Jude Bellingham uh, is an obvious one. I know he was back at St Andrews, sort of the the first game after he got back from the World Cup. I know Troy Deeney's got the Birmingham City badge tattooed, I think, on his leg. Um, so that was uh, that was quite a nice story when he ended up going back there and obviously he's captaining them now. But uh, I think outside of that, there's not many that spring to mind for me. I think probably most uh, people from the city of Birmingham gravitate towards the the uh, the claret and blue side, which aesthetically you, you can't blame anybody for doing. Absolutely, I hear that. Well, we can give you some celebrity names. We should tell you the top six that we got from a bit of help with listeners. First of all, Jasper Carrot, obviously a veteran comedian and TV presenter. The more mature of our listener base will, I think, get that one more than some of our youngsters who will be like, who? Who is that? Uh, number two comes in at Jeff Lynn, who's a musician and lead singer of ELO, the Electronic Electric sorry, Light Orchestra. Number three, Ali Campbell of UB40 fame, plus apparently other members of the band. Um, apparently, I don't know. I cannot verify that. Listeners, it may or may not be true. Uh, number four is coming in as Dave Harewood, who's an actor who was in Homeland and Supergirl, among others. Oh, I know who that is. Yeah, I do know who that is. Um, he's, I, I like Supergirl. It's really great. Number five, Mike Skinner from The Streets. And number six, Glyn Purnell, who's an English chef and television personality. Um, I think Dave wants to try and give... Our list, our opposition, a score out of 10 for the quality of their celebrity fan, which I think is, um, that's right out of the Statman Dave off piece to book is that one. Could you possibly give Birmingham City a score out of 10 for their celebrity fans, please, Tom? I think it's quite difficult to give a score out of 10 without knowing what they're up against. But <laughs> what I would say is, I th- surely that we'll play a team in the second half of the season that can beat that roster, I would say. Are you going to go seven? Six. Let's say six and a half. Let's let's Ooh, give it an, an average. Score. Six and a half. Okay. I don't know. I, I can't believe I'm actually having this conversation. Dave is making us score celebrity fans, and Tom is actually embracing this. This is a a whole new world. Well, let's head back to Dave then, please, Dave, because he's going to dial back in and give us his memory match. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. As we mentioned in the head-to-head feature, there haven't been too many recent Burnley home wins at this level, and so by default almost, we've chosen a match that took place between Burnley and Birmingham City at Turf Moor in September 2013. 
Burnley had hit the ground running and were already well positioned in the top six at this early stage of the season. Former Claret Wade Elliott was in the Birmingham City lineup for this match, but it was Danny Ings who gave the Clarets a dream start with a goal in just the third minute, when he received the ball from Sam Bokes and sent a shot past Darren Randolph. The score remained at 1-0 until half-time, but it didn't take long after the break for that lead to be doubled, when Michael Kiteley's cross found Scott Arfield, who directed a header in to make it 2-0 within a minute of the restart. Scott Arfield then turned provider to set up Danny Ings, who shot beat Randolph again to make it 3-0 after 54 minutes, and there was no way back for the Blues. After the match, Sean Dyche hit back at some of the club's critics and said, There was a small percentage of doom-mongers here who, as soon as Charlie Austin went to QPR, they were the That's It Brigade. Very small, I must say. The fact is, we believe in what we do, we believe in the players. That result took Burnley up to fourth place, while Birmingham City dropped into the bottom four. It was a rare, bright point in a pretty miserable run of home games against Birmingham City at this level, and so we'll be hoping that we can continue our strong home form and somehow emulate that result from 2013 again this time. Opposition view, listeners, um, I'm sorry to say, and I didn't know we do do this far too often on the previous show, I don't yet know as at the time of recording whether or not we have an opposition view. Uh, producer Matt is running around trying to find one. It's that time of year where everybody's really busy, so it's completely understandable. Um, so I'm going to leave a little segment here in our preview show. If we have a memory match, it's coming right in now. You're right, mate. So obviously we played you the other month. It was a 1-1. Um, I think it's pretty much the same situation again. You're the top of the league. Usually looking great on form. We're sat eighth, but this league's so tight that we, you know, two bad results and we're pretty much down there. Um, how I see this game going, I think it's going to be same as at St Andrews. You're going to have all of the ball. We're going to sit back on the counter attack. I think we're quite dangerous. We play better on the counter than we do when we're the pressing team. Nothing to lose game for us, I suppose, really coming into this. Uh, see it probably being, a, I'd take a 1 1 right now. More than likely, you, you might nick it 2 1. I think there's goals in our team. Obviously, Hogan's out injured. We're hoping he's back for this game. But Troy Deeney's starting to score some goals. Chong scored his first goal for us. He's been playing up top with Troy. There's goals in our team. There's goals in your team. If I remember rightly, it was a lovely goal from Goodmanson, who came off the bench. Incredible finish on his left foot against us. You just have that quality about your team. Uh, we've played well since that game. We've lost a result or two, but the performances have been there. But... Yous have also just been getting better and better by the look of it as the season's gone on as well. I think the way company sets up a team, yous are dangerous. I believe you played the back three against us. I think you'll do that again. You exploit the wings well. You know, we go back five against anyone. So you're going to have more of the wing play anyway against us. We're just hoping for, I'm hoping that we just turn up and we're competitive. You know, it's a Tuesday night. It's going to be cold. It's going to be in your ends. You know, it's going to be horrid to play. It's going to be windy. You boys will be up for it. And you've still got all the class about you, so, you know, as a Birmingham fan, I'm, I'm hopeful for a draw. You know, we usually do well against teams that we're not meant to, you know, the teams up there. So, you know, we could nick it, but I'm very, very much doubting it. So I'll take a point. But yeah, all the best, mate, for the game. Okay, listeners, I've got no idea whether you just heard from an opposition view or whether you just heard me do a segment, then silence, then come back to you. 
how she'll listen to the preview show. What a tease it is this week. So instead, we are going to go straight into our... Um, we've done Memory Match already. Do you know what? Statman Dave Thomas put Memory Match twice in my script. He does like to trip me up, does this? He's a little little swine. Uh, let's go into referee instead. Who is the referee? Let's have a look who we've got here. The referee for the game, listeners, is Darren England of Doncaster. Now, he's been given the whistle for our home game against Birmingham City. He's been a select one group referee since the start of the 2020-21 season. And he's also on the FIFA list of international match officials. He's only refereed three previous Burnley games. The two at Turf Moor were both defeats in cup competitions. They were the 3-1 League Cup defeat to Sunderland in August 2019 and the 2-0 FA Cup defeat at the hands of Bournemouth behind closed doors in February 2021. He was also the referee for our impressive 4-0 away win against Wolves at Molyneux in April 2021 when Chris Wood scored a first half hat-trick. There were no sendings off in any of those three previous Burnley matches, but he has brandished his red card twice in Premier League matches this season to ex-Claret Loney Nathan Chalabar, who is now at Fulham, of course, and also to Manchester City's Cancelo. Now, unlike our last match against Middlesbrough, we really don't want to see any ridiculous red cards again on Tuesday. It was nice to see and probably quite predictable that uh, Conor Roberts' red card did get overturned, Tom, after uh, after the shenanigans. I think we're all a little... I think we're pretty much convinced that that was going to happen. It was a bit of a relief that, uh, you know, it hadn't occurred to me until you said it on the last podcast that he could get done for, like, intention. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't either. <laughs> when I did it, I was like, is this the same as when you do, like, the intent for a really serious foul? But apparently it was, we did we did check that before. So, yeah, uh, it wasn't a thing. But Chris Borden did apparently uh, confirm that on Twitter that that's not a thing. So, phew, yeah, that, that's gone. No more. Uh, although you and I did say but we were refusing to hang the referee for that one because there's no way he could have seen that hit the bar. Um, so what are we What are we thinking about the Birmingham game? Uh, I, I, I think we're just going to win again. I think I just go into every single game at the moment, particularly at home, Tom, and just assume that it's going to be a win for us. Uh, it's difficult to see us losing, but I think Birmingham uh, in the reverse fixture did cause us a lot of problems. They're one of the few teams that have really pressed us high up the pitch. Um we mentioned it last night. It was it was noticeable to see Man United where, you know, sort of hemming is, hemming is in our own box a bit, whereas a lot of the teams that we played in the Championship this season uh, are content to back off, sort of uh, retreat into their own half and, and let us play. So uh, Birmingham didn't show as much respect at St Andrews. They played really well. They could have easily beaten us on another day. Um, so I'm not expecting it to be a walkover like some of the yeah. uh, Championship games have been recently. Uh, I think it just depends on which ambition they come with because I think they've been good at home and I'm not too sure how good they've been away. Um, so if they come for a point, then I think we're starting to become a team who puts those sort of sides to the sword. Yeah. But if they can give us a game and have a go at us, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if you did, you know, they're, they're climbing up the table, they look like they've got a good side, the manager's doing a really good job. Um, I think it could be a difficult game, but... Maybe that'll yes. mean it's a bit more of an interesting, entertaining affair. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, me too. I, I guess where I'm kind of I've got to at this stage of the season is that every single time we get a game like this, which is supposed to be a promising game and it's supposed to be a side that we think are going to put up a fight against us and we're looking forward to it, we're just so strong. We just completely dispatch them and it's impossible to um, for them to, to get anywhere near it. So it genuinely wouldn't surprise me if we just brush them away as, as well. Um what are you thinking team-wise? I've not seen any injury news yet. I, I, I presume Vitinho's still out with a broken rib, but Nathan Teller, I assume, would be back. Do we put him back in and drop 
JBG or do we start with the same starting lineup? Where are you going with this, Tom? Yeah, there's been a few uh, rumours swirling around that the reason Teller's been out is because there's uh, Southampton want to to bring him back uh, when the January window opens. No, I haven't seen this. Is that true? Yeah, uh, I've just seen this. Is just rumours I've seen on Twitter, so I haven't seen anything in the press or anything like that. But it will be interesting, you know. I was expecting him to be back, to be honest, on Wednesday if he was out with the bug or whatever. So yeah, yeah, it will be interesting to see because I don't think he'll be able to to use the excuse of him being out with the bug sort of three games in a row. No, so hopefully. Surely they'll want him playing, you know, at least the next couple of games. Um, so hopefully he's back. I think if he's back, I would perhaps be tempted to put him back in. Yeah. Um, uh, I think probably maybe benching after a couple of starts. You know, we, we, we see how good he looks coming off the bench. Maybe it's time just to to give him a bit of a rest, especially with him coming off with cramp after an hour at uh, Old Trafford. Yeah. So. Perhaps Telebach in the starting lineup and uh, and Benson is the secret weapon if we're struggling. Like it. Well, a couple of hours ago there has been there's been in the local press an update. Uh, Burnley manager Vincent Company says he does expect Manuel Benson, Nathan Teller, and Anna Sorori to all be available for the game against Birmingham City of Turfmore on Tuesday night. So I would uh, very much Zorori. like uh, yeah, Zorori needs to be back in. Yeah, yeah. I was be. thinking, oh, we've got Sherlin off to bring on as well. I forgot we've got our World Cup semi finalists to get through. <laughs> Our squad is ridiculous this season. I love it. I love it so much. Uh, do you want to give me a score prediction then, please, Tom? Well, after I've just said that, how can I not predict a win? Uh, let's say something slightly less. Uh, let's say a 2-1, a hard-fought 2-1. No, I Deep love it. Love it. Uh, what am I going to pick for the return of Bromers Bankers? Because I've been away for a couple of weeks. Um I, it's going to be a win, um, obviously, um, but I'm going to say two nil. I don't think I don't think we'll concede. So two nil to the Clarets. That is your Bromers Bankers. Uh, Clarets, if you are going to have a cheeky little Christmas flutter on Bromers Bankers this week, please do make sure that you gamble responsibly. And if you can use a free bet, that would be even better because I am really quite rubbish at predicting a score. Uh, so before we move on, we are going to head back to Statman Dave in the analysis show studio. No. Preview show studio, please, Dave. And he is going to give us uh, his miscellaneous stat of the week. This was touched on by the team in our last podcast, but it's worthwhile looking again at Burnley's goal-scoring exploits so far this season. The three goals we scored against Middlesbrough took our goal tally to 50 for the season. In our two previous championship campaigns, we were heavily reliant on a strike duo. In 2013-14, Danny Ings and Sam Boat scored over half of our goals. 47 out of 83 goals was over 56% of the total. And in 2015-16, Andre Gray and Sam Boats were the pair doing the damage. 39 out of 75 goals was 52% of the total. However, so far this season the goals have been shared around, with no player yet into double figures. Jay Rodriguez is the top scorer on nine and five different players have already scored five goals or more. Okay, that is everything for our preview of the Birmingham City game. Uh, Second half of this preview show, we're back into the world of the FPL. Um, I had, it's been that long since I had to do any of these. I genuinely forgot that I had a team, never mind what my login details were. Um, I also obviously forgot that I was supposed to do that wildcard thing, listeners, and somehow completely changed my very poorly performing Premier League fantasy team from the first half of the season. So there is plenty of time. Um, I do believe you have until Boxing Day. Um, so, uh, 
yeah, let us know how you're getting along. And I'm going to hand over to our FPL expert, Adam Dennett, who's going to give us a lowdown on your return to the Known and Ever Fantasy Premier League. Hi, Adam here. And as you can probably tell, my voice is still recovering from the trip to Old Trafford last night, where me and 7,000 other Clarets fans uh, cheered the lads on uh, as they fell just short in the fourth round of the Carabao Cup against Manchester United. Uh, valiant effort by the boys, though. I won't go into any, uh, any more details. I'm sure Natalie and Tom have already covered all the major events from the game. Um, I'm here to um, let you know that FPL returns this uh, this Boxing Day. The game week 17 deadline is at 11am, uh, so you've got plenty of time for some Christmas Day tinkering especially as everyone has free transfers until that deadline. Uh, there's not much um, detail uh, to update, um, given that we're not sure on who's going to be available and who isn't after the World Cup. So I'd probably wait until after the press conferences over Friday and Saturday uh, before making uh, making any decisions. Um, a few teams that I've got my eye on just fixed your eyes as they come back are Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester United, Newcastle, Southampton, um, and of course, Manchester City. Another quick watch out for the next few weeks. Um, you'll probably see some double game week announcements um, from rearranged games from earlier on this season that have to be postponed. The most likely double game weeks will be in 19, 21 and 23. Like I said, a short update this week. We'll probably have a lot more info next week. Um, but hope you all enjoy getting uh, getting back involved in FPL. My enthusiasm's not come back just yet, um, but I'm sure as the games come closer, um, I'll start getting excited again. Uh, wishing you all green arrows for game week 17 and up the Clarets. And to round off this week's podcast, we are back in what I did promise you at the outset of the show, a quiz question. Let's open up our little bank here and see what Dave has set for us this week. He is asking you the following question, please. Middlesbrough's Akbom failed to convert his last-minute penalty kick when Aaron Muric made the save. But who was the last Burnley player to miss a penalty in regular time, i.e. not a shootout, at the cricket field stand of Turf Moor, and what was the year? Ooh, that is a stinker. Tom, without revealing the answer, can you think you know the answer to that? A missed what? penalty by a Burnley player at the cricket field end of Turf Moor. Yeah. Dave gave us a little preview of this one. And uh, Richard had a guess in the chat, which I couldn't think of anything later. So, uh, yeah, I've got you an think, inkling. You've got an inkling, you don't know. Okay. Well, listeners, how are you going to submit your answers? You can either send us a message on Twitter, DM it please, so that other people can't see your answers. Um, you can send us a message on Facebook, or you can email us at previewshow at net. That is all we have time for this week. So this is us signing off for the Christmas period from None and Ever HQ. We wish all of you and your family, if you do celebrate a wonderful Christmas, um, please uh, take some time to spend some time with friends, family, loved ones. Um, if you are on your own and you do feel like you need some support this season, um, or if you're just feeling that you need somebody to talk to, you there are people that you can speak to, get in touch with the club who will have a list of um, support networks who can help you and do join in on Twitter there are Claret fans across the world even on Christmas Day 
who are available to talk and keep each other company. Do look after the Clarets family at this time of year. My best wishes go to everybody and we will see you after the Boxing Day game where we'll be previewing, um, well, we'll be looking back on that that game and we'll be previewing the Clarets next New Year fixtures. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the Known and Ever podcast brought to you in association with the Talk Sport Fan Network. We are signing off for Christmas. Until next time. The Known and Ever podcast is brought to you in association with the Talk Sport Fan Network. Natalie Bromley is the host and editor, and the show is produced by Matt Moss. Our resident statistician is Dave Roberts, and our FPL expert is Adam Dennett. The analysis show team is collectively Tom Whitaker, Richard Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby, Adam Dennett, and Robbie Kopak. Our music is provided by George Gaskill, and our newsletter team is headed up by Jamie Smith. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting nonadnever.substack.com. Our thanks as ever go to our partners, TalkSport. We are, as ever, proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.